Hello and welcome to the Sense Network podcast. This six-part series was recorded at our National Advice Forum in 2019 and features industry thought leaders and financial advisors with a focus on advisor development. If you'd like to hear more about how Sense can help support your business, get in touch at sense-network.co.uk. For now though, on with the podcast. Right, um, so um, I'm going to hand over to Michelle. Follow that. <laughs> Actually, I suspect Michelle will. Uh, uh, we're going to have a. Um, uh, I think the f- this is a first session, but we're, this will be a follow up on this. Um, yeah. Um, so um, I- I'm not going to steal any of Michelle's uh, thunder, but th- th- this should be pretty motivational. So um, no, no pressure. Thank you very much. <laughs> awesome. Hopefully. Whenever I uh, follow Abraham, which is now my second time, I almost feel like if we were at a disco, I'm like the slow dance. Right, I'm going to try and kind of calm it down a little bit. Um, That guy has got some flipping bundles of energy. So we've got an hour together, and I'm going to talk very much about your businesses. And the reason I'm going to do that is because after 22 years of working with financial planners and advisors, both in the UK and overseas, it constantly astounds me how little you're actually achieving because you're not really seeing what your potential is. And the reason you don't see it is because you're too focused every single day on battling the challenges that are presented to you, putting out the fires that present themselves, dealing with staff that can't do their jobs properly, uh, just dealing with the issues that are literally just striking you down. So I'm going to talk to you about the eight proven principles, and I'm going to throw in a few stories and a few um, examples of why I think that you can all do better, but I'm not talking to you today as financial planners or advisors. Regardless of what your jobs are in this magical, wonderful profession that we are in, I'm talking to you all as business owners. Because we would actually do really, really well if we spent a bit more of our time thinking and behaving like business people rather than thinking and behaving like financial planners. I want you to raise your hand for me if you absolutely love your job. Come on, raise them. Right? Come on, there should be more than that. <laughs> right, we love, we love, you love your jobs don't you? But I want you to keep your hands raised if despite loving your job, hands up, come on, despite loving your job, sometimes you just think things are just not working as they should. Why is it this difficult? Why is it not easier? Why doesn't the regulator give me a break? Why can't I just see more clients, right? We're a bit like that. This is probably one of the hardest and most challenging professions to be in in the world. And the challenges you're having are the challenges they're having in Australia, they're having in the States, they're having in Canada. We are one massive global family. And in truth, when I look at you all in this room, I don't care what your job is. I'm talking to you as business people. Because after 22 years, the thing that I've spent most of my time doing is trying to explain why a bit more business thinking trumps more planning thinking. And why actually we have to put your business and your team at the centre of your universe rather than putting your clients at the centre of your business and your universe. When I say to you, who's your favourite client? I want you to think. Think about, think about your favourite client. 
Think about the most important client to you. Now, I bet all of you have, in your head, have come up with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, or Mr. and Mrs. Jones, or Fred Bloggs. No. Your most important client is your business. It is the single most important thing outside your family that should exist in your life. Because happy clients do not make a happy business, but a happy business makes happy clients. We think about it all the wrong way. So I'm going to share with you two of eight principles today. And the introduction there was quite right. This is a taster. Because in January, we're going to be running two workshops, which have been paid for by Sense. You are invited. There are 30 spaces, only 30 spaces available on each workshop. And I'll give you the details at the end. And they're free to you. They're paying me to do a masterclass with you. And in that masterclass, I will deep dive into each one of these eight areas. But for today, I'm going to share two of them with you. Because after Abraham, two is only the amount you can handle. <laughs> so let's have a look. So let's imagine you might, you lost your mojo. Let's imagine at times, you know, when it gets really difficult and there's another exam that you need to take, or you've got another drama in the, in the team, another team member's made a mistake, or things aren't working, you've just absolutely added it up to here. And you're about ready to throw, it, throw the towel in. Bad enough. Or maybe you're sitting here thinking, you know what, maybe I'm a little bit tired of spending time focused on my clients. What about my life? How many of you are tied to your office, tied to your business? Because actually, you've spent so much time giving clients the gift of freedom and retiring early and coming up with their lifelong dreams that actually, the one person you've forgotten about is yourself. Maybe, maybe that's where you're at. But I want you to imagine a time when you're fully in control. You've got it licked. You've got the right people in the right jobs, doing the right things at the right time. You've got a vision that's crystal clear. Your succession and your exit plan is mapped out. You've got a vision of a future that excites you, that makes you want to get out of bed in the morning, that makes you feel like you want, you've been shot out of a rocket rather than shot by a rocket. Imagine that time. But don't you think that if we want a world and a business and a profession that actually has got a bit more joy in it, we need a new way of thinking? It astounds me. All the time, you know, I've got a few members of my team and the moments when I get most frustrated are when you guys are told to learn more, know more, put more of your clients' lives at the centre of your business, focus on their well-being, right? We're all on the well-being bandwagon, aren't we? Everybody's financial well-being is now the most important thing in the world. I've sat at conferences over the last couple of months and I've sat in an audience just like you. And I've listened to speakers telling you that you need to do more. You need to know more. You need to learn more. You need to be more. And I'm sitting there thinking, good heavens. Like, how much more can they actually do without themselves imploding? 
Never mind your client's well-being. What about your well-being? Who's taking care of you? And that's where I come in. That's where my business has been living for the past 22 years. We need some new thinking. Now, these concepts I'm going to talk about aren't going to suit everybody. Some of the stuff I'll talk about might not even resonate with anybody in the room, but I bet there'll be a little bit of something. Now, why is now the time? Because financial services is absolutely nuts. Think about it. Think about what's going on. I've got full-grown men on a conference call with their wife crying down the phone at me because their PI insurance has gone up from £36,000 a year to £109,000 a year. Crying down the phone at me, saying to me, Michelle, tell me what I can do. It's insane what's going on. Insane. But we love it, don't we? We love this job. We could have been air airline pilots and aerostesses, you know, cabin crew, way easier job than this. But we won't, we won't give it up. We will not be defeated. We keep going. Throw a hurdle at us, we'll go over it. Make it level six, we'll go over it. Keep them coming and we will knock those hurdles down. But we have to make it easy for ourselves. We cannot keep making it this difficult. And it's my belief that if we just shifted our thinking a little, stopped running our businesses with a financial advisor's head on our shoulders and started running our businesses like business owners, it would be way easier because you would see things very differently. The world is nuts. In June, I got invited to go to Australia. I went at the end of August and I spoke at a conference uh, run by the Association of Financial Advisors. Normal conference, pretty standard, but when I phoned them in about July time to talk about what they wanted me to speak about and what they wanted my message to be, they said to me, Michelle, you've got one very simple, simple brief. We want financial advisors in Australia to stop killing themselves. There are over 20 reported suicides in Australia today from our family. Financial planners who literally cannot take it anymore. It's tragic, tragic. So I spent two sessions in Australia. I slapped all the way across the other side of the world. It nearly absolutely wiped me out to tell financial advisors and planners in Australia that there's another way. 20 of our family, our global family, are literally killing themselves. Their commissions are being cut, their qualifications are being increased, and they can't take it anymore. We need a new way. We think we've had it hard you want to go and be a financial advisor in Australia. All it's taken is new thinking, new ways of doing stuff, new ways of approaching things, new ways of tackling the challenges in our business. And I know you can do it. And I'm going to talk about two ways of doing that. The world's going crazy. Our sector is absolutely trying to kill us all off, no question. 
no question. And we know that what's even more heartbreaking about this whole thing is they are regulating against the lowest common denominator. Don't we? Who knows that? We know that. It's insane what's going on. So we've got to be ahead of the, we've got to be ahead. We've got to be riding that wave as it hurtles onto the beach. We've got to be ahead of where the sector is. And I also want you to think very carefully about who you're trying to emulate. Who are those advisors and those firms that you read on New Model Advisor on the front cover as cover stars? Who are those firms that you are thinking are so amazing, but in actual fact, a fur coat and no knickers? It's true. We now, Kelsey, myself, and Bronte, we now refer our clients to New Model Advisor and say, if you want to stick some proper firms on the front of that magazine, put ours on the front of that magazine. Just be careful who you are trying to emulate, who you are trying to be like. Be careful. It's now time to wipe the slate clean. I want you to think differently. Imagine tomorrow is a brand new day. I want you to go back to your businesses with an open mind, a marker in the sand, and say, you know what? My thinking today is going to be different tomorrow. Maybe there is a new way. Maybe we can get the potential out of our businesses. Maybe it can be made easier. You know, put your hands up again. How many of you could actually leave your businesses for a year and they'd still run properly? Properly, I mean run. None of you. So what have we got? Have we actually even got businesses? Now, I absolutely know that, for the record, you're all control freaks, right? I don't care what role you're in, right? By about half past 12, you turn into this neurotic psychopath that thinks that nobody can do the job as well as you, and then you kick into, I might as well do it myself, don't want a job doing. I know all this. But that sort of thinking and that sort of behaviour behavior will kill you, straight off. You ain't never coming back from that. That's a slippery slope to going nowhere. And I want to talk about why teams are so important to you and having the right team. But we've not got businesses in this room, because if we had businesses, proper grown-up businesses, they would last from some time without you in them. What you've got is a badass, quite busy, quite traumatic at times, really busy job. And what you've just learned to do is delegate some stuff. But we need to build on that. But you've got to have it in you because there's a massive challenge to what I'm asking you to do. It requires you to change. And sometimes when we get invited into businesses and when we've got businesses join our coaching programs and engage with us, the first thing we say is, have you got it in you to do what's needed? Have you got it in you? Have you got that fire in your belly? Have you got that desire to make those changes? If you're going to reap the rewards, you've got to put the effort in. And I'm not talking about seeing more clients or taking more exams. I'm talking about being brave. Have you got it in you to be a true, truly successful, fully functioning, achieving their potential financial planning business in financial services? Only you can answer the question. That's on you.
but I'll tell you what's happening. I am seeing an emergence of business people buying financial planning practices and never sitting in front of a client because it takes a business owner to run a business in financial services, not a financial planner. Think about it. Think about your exit, your next generation of your firm. Are you trying to hand it over to another financial planner that will probably run it as equally as bad as you? Or do we need some new thinking? What does that next step look like? I want to tell you a story. It's about December 2015, and we had a phone call at the office, and I can't tell you who the firm is, but they are a very well-known UK-based central London firm who are flipping everywhere, right? They are, they've got cabinets full of awards, you know, like it's just bling. You walk in their reception and it's just cupboards, floor to ceiling with medals and awards. So I goes in, they've requested that I go in, and I walk in and I think, I'm thinking to myself, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Like, surely these guys have got this licked, surely. They're entrepreneurial, they're award-winning, they're dynamic, these offices are absolutely beautiful, yet here I am. 18 years into this business, and I'm sitting in the reception of a firm that I considered almost my heroes, the model business that had got it right. So there I sit. And they called me in, and I sit, I go into the boardroom. And there's the three business owners sitting to the left of me. And as I do, every single time I sit in front of a planner, business owner, I'll say, so how's it going? And for the next hour and a half, it was like they'd puked up on me, right? I'm not kidding. I got it all. I got the moans, the groans, the issues, the challenges, the staff members that weren't doing the work right, the issues between the business owners, the issues with their private lives and their wives don't love them. I got it all. It was like they'd literally gone, just waited for me to come in. And I was absolutely dumbfounded. Absolutely knocked me for six. Because in that reception, I felt like I was having a crisis of confidence. Like I shouldn't be there somehow. Like this was the perfect firm. Yet when I looked under the bonnet, it was very far from that. So I listened. Now listen is quite a difficult skill for me, because I'd like to talk over everybody if I could. I love it, love talking. But I literally sat there and never said a word for about an hour and a half. And this is what they told me. No buy-in. No buying from the team. Team don't care. They're doing this on their own. They seem to be like, you know, dragging everybody up the hill every single day to get stuff done. The team don't understand why this is so important and why I lose my shit at half past ten when a letter goes out to the wrong client with the wrong valuation statement in it. They don't understand. They don't understand that this is, just not, this is not just a job. This is my life. This is our life. This is more than it being about the money. The team didn't get it. They also told me that they had no idea what they were doing. They had no leadership skills, no management skills. They've got every qualification that financial services can throw at them under the sun. Initials after their name. But they didn't know how to run a business. No flaming idea. Never done any CPD on that, did they? Right? They knew the inside leg measurements of every pension policy and plan in the 
planet, but didn't know how to run a business. They told me, Michelle, we're way out of our depth. We are creating a monster. They didn't have the right skills and resources in the team. Wrong people. People that weren't doing their jobs properly. People that wouldn't be made accountable for things that weren't done. Missed deadlines, inaccuracies, errors. Frustration had set in this team. Wrong people. And they were compromising left, right and centre. Well, you know, Doreen's been with me for 25 years, but she won't use the online diary. Ah! Guess what I say? Fire flipping Doreen, right? But I can't because she's been with me when I was cold calling. I mean, really? We've all got a Doreen, haven't we? I've had a Doreen, not anymore. We've all got a Doreen. God, if there's a Doreen in the room, I'm really sorry. <laughs> we love Doreen. So no, they, these guys had the, not the right skills. They were understaffed, wrong people, wrong job, wrong time, doing the wrong thing in the wrong way. And the people in the team that were awesome were carrying the rest. Morale was low. Pain. This was the pain they were sharing with me. Lack of house style. No consistent way of doing anything. Not a procedure written. Not a client journey documented. Every client was unique. Every client was bespoke. Every client relationship was special. Right? No, no, no flow of a journey. Nothing was consistent. They were tied to every decision being made. They couldn't take a two-week holiday. But let's be honest, there's no award category that tests how many holidays have you had in a year. And while you're on holiday, how many times did the office phone you? Because if there was an award for that, there'd be a lot more not getting awards. Right? They just were not free from this business. They had no ideas about the numbers. The only goal they'd set themselves was a financial goal. They had no idea the ins and the outs. They had, you know, an administrator, an office administrator being the finance assistant. This finance assistant was no more a finance assistant than I am a finance assistant. Yet this person was tasked with coordinating all of the MI that was non-existent and the money which was out of control. No financial clarity, none. And I'm listening to these guys telling me this, going, what the hell is going on? And as they're talking, I'm just writing. There must have been steam coming off of my pen. Right? Service delivery. They had clients they didn't even like. They had clients that they wanted to push off the edge of the cliff. But they kept phoning in and popping in and wanting to do work with them. They didn't know who their ideal client was. They would just look after anybody. And they had clients that should have been long gone. They didn't have clients that loved them. They didn't have clients that they loved. These were the pains. They just kept coming. Communication. They had a huge problem with communication in their business. The team weren't talking. Messages weren't getting through. There was too much assumption. N the messages from the top were not getting throughout the team. People were making up their own stories about what the future of the business was. It was out of control. 
I say it all the time, but BT got it right. It's good to talk. Yeah, they were grabbing five minutes every couple of days, having a catch-up, and guess what it was all about? Come on. What is the only thing firms ever talk about? Clients. Not how we can improve services, or what's going on, or how's the business, or how are you? No, it's like we've got this, these appointments, these files need preparing, this power planning needs doing. They weren't communicating properly. Now, how many in the room, as I'm telling you this, recognise some of this stuff in your firms? Come on, fess up. We're amongst friends. What stays in this room? What's said in this room stays in this room. They're all like, oh, God, she's going to make me. Hands up. Come on. Right? I know. Because you're all as bad as each other. You're all as bad as each other. And finally, they just did not have the tools and the systems to do the jobs that needed to be done. If I find another financial advisor that thinks he's the head of IT, I'm going to kill him. Just because he knows how to fix the printer at home is not a good enough reason why he knows what the IT infrastructure of his whole business needs to be. It's incredible how few firms have adequate systems and tools in place to do the jobs that need doing. Those were the pains. And now, oh my God, we've even got one leaving. I know you're trying to sneak out. Don't happen on my shift, I'm afraid. He's like, I'm real, I'm really going. <laughs> no one will notice. But you know what I'm saying. You might not recognise yourself in all of them, but I know that you recognise yourself in some of them. And this is every firm in every country all over the world. Same pains. I've delivered this presentation in Canada, in Australia, in Dubai. All the same. There's nothing new. So what are we going to do about it? So that day, when he's rabbling this off to me, and I'm writing down, I wrote down eight words. And what I realised was, and I'll share those eight words with you in a minute, what I realised was every single problem they were giving me, I had a solution for it. I didn't know at the time necessarily that that's what I was doing as I was writing down on my bit of paper. But 18 years worth of experience, as I was sitting in that room, there was not one single thing that I'd not heard before. And I knew at that point that I'd cracked it. And I wrote this down. I wrote these words. Purpose, plan, people, protection, price, proposition, pitch, and platform. Eight words I wrote. I got my marker pen. I walked straight to the front of the boardroom. And I wrote those eight words down. And for the next four or five hours, I proceeded to list every challenge they'd given me on this eighth, on this flip chart piece of paper, and I drew a line back to one or more of those eight words. So what does that mean? That means at that point, he's got two choices. Those guys have two choices. They either try and fix all the little problems spend hours trying to solve that problem, solve that problem, figure out that symptom, fix that issue? Or do they roll it back uphill and identify what's causing those problems 
in the first place. And that's what I had done while they were talking. Those eight principles since that moment have been the foundation of every piece of work we have ever done with any clients after that point. Because I knew what the answers were. If you focus on believing in a purpose which is greater than your pain, you'll have an amazing business and you'll have buy-in. Your team and your clients don't buy into the fact that you do financial planning and you use this tool or you do it this way or you serve high net worth individuals. They don't give a toss. They want to know why you do this. How many of you ever tell your story to clients? Why you set this business up? Why you came into financial planning? I've got some amazing stories that my clients have shared with me. Some are sad, some are devastating, some are amazing. And I always ask, do you, do you ever tell the client, do the team know why you set this business up? No, 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 I don't think I've ever told them. Well, why the hell not? Because people aren't buying into what you do, they only care about why you're doing it. So when you have a purpose and you share that purpose with those around you, you get buy-in. Plan, set goals, plan for success, focus on the outcomes and get moving. If you've got a plan, by God, I hope you put your hands up when I ask you that in a bit. Because of all people in all the rooms in Manchester, as my financial planner sitting in front of me, I hope you've got a business plan. Because what sort of planners are you if you yourselves don't have a personal plan and a business plan? Just warning you. People, empower your people, understand their, their purpose. Get the best, get the passions out of your team members. Go back to your businesses and just have a little look around. Do you really know your team? Do you know what makes them tick? Do you know what makes them happy? Do you know what their lifelong goals and aspirations are? Do you know, do any of you care? These are your people. These are the people on Team U. Protection. Get stuff documented. Get your procedures manual down, written down. I know it's not the most exciting thing for you to do in the world, but it's essential. Put your hands up if you're an administrator or a power planner in this room, the ones that do all the work. Hands up. Hands up. Be proud, be proud, be proud. How much do we love processors? I need a bigger chair than that to help me prove my point, right? Come on. Who loves processors? Procedures, checklists, flowcharts, guidelines. We love them. We love them because they help us be awesome in our jobs. Planners flipping hate them. They don't like them. They don't want to write them. And let's be honest, they're never going to follow them anyway. But the rest of the business needs them. We need that structure internally. We need those procedures documented. Price. Know your numbers. Know your numbers. Have somebody who's capable, who's qualified, producing you MI, who's producing you that information that you need to keep your finger on the pulse. You've got to know your numbers. Proposition. Know who you love. Know who loves you. Only serve clients that you feel energised being in their company, that get you, that you get them that inspire you as equally as you inspire them. That's not work, that's magic. 
That's where magic happens. You know who those clients are. Just think about if you could repeat and bottle those clients that you love again and again and again. This wouldn't be work. This would be the best job in the world. Know your clients. Don't just communicate in your business. Collaborate. For the record, you do not have all of the answers. Your way is not the best way. Your way is not the only way to get stuff done. There are amazing people who have huge potential in your business, but you are absolutely holding their arms and sliding them into a matchbox. And they're flapping away trying to get out, getting you to let them do their job that you're paying them to do. And you keep sliding them back in. And oh well, there's when there's a bit of a crappy job to do, you might let them out again. Then you slide them back in. Collaborate. You do not have all of the answers. And platform, tool up. Bring in the experts. Now these areas, I guarantee, if you spend any amount of time, effort, love and focus on them, you would deal at root cause level with many of the current issues going on in your practice today. And that's what that workshop's all about. But I'm going to pick out two, and I'm going to take a little bit of a deeper dive. Because these two, for me, are where I need you to start. These two are the things, the two areas, that need a bit more thought, where you need to think on it a little bit. And the first one is plan. My favourite quote of all time is this. My favourite quote. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Made famous by Nelson Mandela, but was actually Marianne Williamson. Think about that quote. How big do you dream? How big are your goals? How big is your mission? I had an advisor once say to me, you know what, Michelle? He said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I'm going to put Wales on the financial services map. Who was I to argue? Right? And he consequently, from that moment, lobbied the government to get funding for Welsh businesses in financial services and they threw oodles of money at Wales for development, for training, for leadership coaching. And he did put Wales on the financial services map. His dream and his mission and his aspirations were so big, they were scary. And he had a plan. How many of you in this room have even got a plan? Not bad. You might be lying, because I did tee that up earlier, right? <laughs> well done. But I would ask you, if you have a plan, does everybody in your business have a copy of it? Do you review it monthly? Have you got project plans that are going to get you executing the tasks that need to be done to achieve your goals? Are your goals that you set as a business are they monetary only? 
I'll say to firms all the time, so tell me about, tell me about your goals, like, tell me about what, you, what you're going for this year. And they go, yeah, yeah, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do two million. Yeah, yeah. Not bad to say that as a profession you keep telling me it's not about the money, yet when asked, the only thing you ever tell me about is the money, right? Quite contradictory, don't you think? What else are your goals? Maybe it's being award-winning. Maybe it's having a waiting list of staff wanting to work for you in your business. Maybe it's getting a regular feature in a local magazine or newspaper. Maybe it's moving premises, buying your own premises, buying another firm. None of you set goals like this. You only ever set monetary goals. A turnover goal, or of course, the assets under advice. Right? This business is not about the money, as you keep telling me, but maybe it is. Think about your plan. Think about your exit. We're doing oodles of work, oodles of work with firms who are absolutely panicking to death about their exit. And do you know why? Because their businesses aren't worth hardly anything. What's your plan? What are you doing in the next five to 10 years? If you're gonna set goals for your business, I want you to make them badass. I want you to make them big, bold, and brave. I want you to see how far you can actually go. Go so far that the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. I want you to feel attached to them, like they're part of you. I don't set our goals as a business myself. We do that together. The Standards International team have got together and get together quarterly to review our goals. One of which is to engage with 25% of the global financial services marketplace. Now, in anybody's book, that is quite scary. But it's our goal. How many of you tell the team what your goals are, what you want them to achieve with you? Or are they our goals? What we are going to achieve? How are we going to pull that off? How big are your dreams? Big, bold, and brave. Attached. I want them to be disruptive. I don't want you to follow the norm. Sod the norm. I've had advisors sit in front of me and say, yeah, but if we do that, the guys in my study group won't like it. I've gone, tell them to bloody sling their hook. So what if they don't like it? This is about you achieving your potential, going for it, all balls out, nailing it, showing the world what you're made of, achieving every single thing that you came into financial services to achieve. This is the time to do it. Now. Not in five years, not when you hire the next planner, not when you hire the next practice manager, now. And it's going to be a team effort. I want somebody to make you accountable for those goals and that plan. You are rubbish at making yourselves accountable. Get a non-exec director, get sort of family member, hire a coach, hire a consultant, I don't care but get somebody in to hold you and your business accountable to every single thing that you set your mind to do. Because if you don't, it won't get done. 
It will not get done. I want them to be a little bit scary. If a goal is worth setting, make it scary. Make it scary enough that the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. And as you set them, so our 2030 goals as a business are scary. And it excites us all. Because we're going for something that's way bigger than just making sure we don't get behind with suitability letters. Or some other menial objective that we've set ourselves for the week. Because goals like that do not change the price of fish. They don't. I want them scary. And of course, in true Little Miss Wow style, I want them to be a little bit sparkly. I want them to excite people. I want them to energise people in the business. I want people to get out of bed in the morning and look forward to coming to work for you, to come working with you, to achieve something. Because I'll tell you what's happening. There are recruitment agents circling like sharks in a fishbowl. And they're phoning up people going, are you happy in your job? Happy in your job? Firms are hiring headhunters to walk straight into your front door and pull out the people that you so dearly love. It's happening every day. You've got to give them something that excites them, that gets them out of bed in the morning, that energises them. Do you agree? Are you going to do something about this, otherwise I'm going home now? I know you can do it. You just need to have your cage shook so hard that actually you go home and think, bloody hell fire. New thinking. This is why to me today you're not financial planners. You're awesome business people and awesome support people. And it's time now to step up. People, my favourite topic. Do, do you love your people in your team? Like, really? Those, those administrators in the room are looking at the bosses going, you flipping better say you do, otherwise you're dead meat. <laughs> now, you might love them, but the question is, do they love you? You might trust them, but do they trust you? Only when you know the type of business that you are going to build can you even go anywhere near designing the future team that's going to achieve it. I'm not going to get you to put your hands up, but I want you to just have a little think. Who in this room has got the perfect team where every single person does the job you want they love their job, they're great at their job, they embrace change beautifully, they use online diaries, they're willing, they're able, they're enthusiastic, they're capable. Because I will tell you something, it is absolutely okay that the people that have got you here may not be the people that will get you there. And that's absolutely fine. I've got firms, and I speak to them on a regular basis. In fact, I had a phone call last week. A firm in Scotland, 
And he said, Samantha, she's, she's, I don't know what's going on. She's been with me for 15 years. The truth is that when he and Samantha started out in business, Samantha was amazing. The business was small, it was growing steadily, it was him and her. And now they've reached to the point that there's now 10 of them. Technology has entered their business. Innovation is taking hold. And she can't cope. It's too much. It's too stressful. And he has to have a conversation with her. And he has to be kind. And he has to do it gently. And there's thousands of examples I could share with you like that. Guys and girls. Where sometimes they are no longer the right people. But you must never compromise. Because if you've got people in your business, in Team U, that aren't right for your business, they might be amazing somewhere else. Yet they're battling with their weaknesses every day in your business when they can't come up with the goodies. Feeling like a failure, going home, feeling that they can't achieve, they're out of their depth. It needs to be handled carefully, but you must never compromise. Because if you're trying to get there, and you are a jet engine on a runway, fully stoked, powered up, ready to go, and you've got those people around you, and you're trying to take off, they're like the chain that just keeps pulling you back. Like that. And it's happening all the time. It could be business partners. It could even be wives, husbands at home. It could be people that you've trusted in your business for decades. I can tell by your faces, because I can see you all, that this is real. I can see. You've got to build the right people in your business with the right skills, the right attitude, the right behaviours, where trust is like the heart pounding at the centre of every single thing that you do where you want to delegate, because you'll know they'll get the job done. They trust you. You've got their back. They've got your back. You know what? On Monday morning, the most random thing happened to me. Both of my grandmas were found dead in their homes. Monday morning. Incredible. You can kind of handle handling one death, both of them. My mum's mum and my dad's mum. The first thing I did, I phoned the team and I said, you're going to have to cover for me. And for a moment, I was sad that I, whatever the business was going to present itself to the team while I was out of action, they'd deal with. And I felt bad that I'd kind of abandoned them. But not once did I ever think that they couldn't handle it because they're my right team. They're the right team for the business. You've got to surround yourself with the right people, doing the right jobs at the right time, in the right way. And I'll tell you something, there is something, there's nothing more powerful than the power of fit. You know when you have that feeling and just think, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know, it's just not right. They're great at their job, but I just don't like them. Or they're just, they're just not the right person. That is a real thing. That is a real thing. 
Never underestimate the power of that. That is a real thing. And that's absolutely a valid reason to disengage with a team member. Your team need to be on your team. You need to be on their team. So when that headhunter comes circling in the fish tank and they go, do you know what? There's a firm down the road, 20 grand more than what you're being paid at the moment. They go, no thanks. No thanks. Because I'm dead happy where I am. Team you. Don't compromise, ever. Now, for the benefit, now, just quickly, you're going to have to be brave to tackle this one. We have a WOW program, two-year program. We've got currently 14 firms going through the WOW program. We launch again in January. This is the hardest module, the people module. I've had them crying, begging me not to make me fire them. Like, really, like, this is hard. It's hard, this one, because you've got to be brave. Because you walk out of a client meeting just saving the day, being the knight and knightress in shining armour, and then you might have to walk out of that meeting, walk straight into the office and discipline somebody. That's the difference between being a financial planner and being a business owner. You've got to remember which hat you're wearing at which time. Be brave. You have to be brave. It's about teamwork. My suggestion is you ban the words me, my and I from your business vocabulary immediately. And you watch how many times other people use those words. We're all human. I've used my and I on this stage today. But we're a we. We are a we. And we're an our. And we're an us. How many times do you use I, me, and my over we, our, and us? Language is very powerful, very powerful indeed. Now, you're going to get these on the slides. Don't worry about taking pictures of them. 22 years it has taken me to design the most effective operating team model in financial services. And every single time, in every single firm, that works. I've had advisors say to me, I've been trying to do this for ages. Bloody hell, Michelle. It just works. There are 27 separate functions in your business, in your team. And if you've got less than 27 people in your team, then you're all sharing those roles. And probably doing a pretty, pretty bad job at doing that because there's only so many hours in the day. But they're the jobs. They're not all full-time jobs, but they're your jobs. That's the future team. That is the team you're trying to build if you are going to take your business from surviving to thriving. Who's on the team? Right skills, right qualities, right abilities, right values, right morals. The next time you recruit, flip and throw the CV in the bin. Ask them about themselves, what their passions are, what do they love about our sector, what they're excited about in this job. 
don't bloody ask them, you know, well, so how was it getting your diploma? Flipping is boring as hell, actually, thanks. But I want to find out about you. What makes you tick? Tell us about you. We're people. Who's on team you? So what next? I want to see you again. I've not done with you, anywhere near finished with you. I've talked about two principles out of eight. The workshops are interactive, they're engaging, they're game-changing, they're exhilarating, they're inspirational, and I'm going to send you through a deep dive of those eight key areas. And I absolutely promise, with all of my might, that you will come out of that day with a way better business than when you started. All you have to do is we want you to put your name down. We want commitment from you. So Kelsey and Bronte have got our little stand outside, and yes, you can take the love arts, because I notice most of you are like, I'll just walk past and take a couple of packets. <laughs> and I want you to put your names down. But if you don't turn up, Sense are going to charge you 100 quid, because there's only 30 spots on each. And if you've got any sense about you at all, you will absolutely join us on those workshops. It's an absolute pleasure to share my only working hour this week with you. I know what you're capable of doing, and I want you to go and absolutely nail it, and I want you to go and do it. Thank you very much indeed. If you'd like to hear more about how Sense can help support your forward-thinking IFA business, or if you'd like to see what learning resources are available for free, go to sense-network.co.uk.